Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. So I want to talk to you today about Jesus habits. Someone say Jesus habits. The series is entitled Habits. Man, the best person you can ever emulate or imitate is Jesus, of course. He lived a faith-filled life. Say, yeah, he was God in the flesh. Yeah, but he was all human. Scripture says he was tempted in all points, but he never sinned. I like how the King James Version says it. It says he knew no sin. Y'all, we know sin, don't we? We know sin well. We've made mistakes this week even. You confess to the Lord and you're forgiven. But man, Jesus never sinned. He had such an amazing, excuse me, an amazing life of faith-filled habits. Jesus' habits. Jesus is my favorite subject. There's so many things he did well, so many things he did that we can imitate, but I'm going to talk to you about four of them today. All right? So let's get into that. Let's go to Leviticus 18.5. Look, at this is from the Old Testament. And this is something that Jesus lived. Someone say, Jesus lived this. Say it again. Say, Jesus lived this. And you're called to live it too. The scripture says, the Lord says, if you obey my decrees and my regulations... His commandments, right? You will find life through them. I am the Lord. Let's read that again. He says, if you obey my decrees and my regulations, you will find life through them. I am the Lord. I love it how the Lord throws that in there in the Old Testament. Here's, here's what I'm giving you. And why am I giving you this? Because I am God. I am the Lord. I am the standard. There is me and no one else. All right? If you obey my word... My commandments, you'll find life. Let's go to John 15, 10. John 15, 10. Look at Jesus in the New Testament. It mirrors what you just saw in the Old Testament there. He says, when you obey my commandments, you remain in my love. Wow. Just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in His love. I've told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. You know, when you walk in perfect love, man, mm, your joy is going to overflow. You say, man, we're imperfect. No, you're going to do your best with God's help. You're going to walk in joy and love. And he goes on to say this. This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. Wow. Let's leave that on the screen just for a moment. Listening to the word this week, every day, and I'm in Revelation now, but, you know, 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, the Apostle John, who wrote this book as well, but he wrote the, the, the little epistles of John, 1st, 2nd, 3rd John. I love what he says. He says, how can you love your brother? Let's add sister to that, right? How can you love a brother or sister? You know, let, let me flip that. Hold on, I'm messing it up. How can you love God whom you've never seen and you don't love your brother or sister whom, you've see, whom you see every day? Let me say that again. How can you love God whom you've never seen unless you've seen him in a vision? or You, you see the point he's making. He said, man, I've never been in God's presence in person. I've felt the Holy Spirit, but I've never seen him. But you see each other every day, brothers and sisters. Now, this is something to think about. I want to dwell on this just for a moment. This is so important, it's simple, but man, it's so deep. Say, how can you love God whom you've never seen, John asks in one of the epistles, but you hate your brother or sister that you see 
every day. How many of you know hate is part of the human condition? Not making excuses for it, not saying, oh, it's just what we do. It is. It's something we struggle with, but that doesn't make it okay. Scripture also says in the New Testament that whoever hates is a murderer. It's like, wow, Jesus took it to the next level in the New Testament. He talked about, man, you say, yeah, I haven't committed adultery, but if you, you're dwelling on lust in your heart, it's like committing adultery. Jesus was all about motives. And John, John, and he talks about this in the New Testament, these epistles said, man, you're a murderer. If you're not walking in love, you're walking in hate, man, you're, you're like a murderer. Isn't that, that is strong, isn't it? Now stay with me. I always promise people when I invite them to church, they don't know that I'm the pastor. Sometimes they do. I say, I promise I won't put you to sleep. I may say something crazy. I, I don't know. But this is straight out of Scripture. If you're not walking in love, you're walking in hate, that is like walking in a spirit of murder. Isn't that something? You say, man, I would never. I'm not saying you would, but that is a tough place to be. You say, man, I, I've heard Christians say this. Just without even thinking, man, I hate him. I hate her. And they'll add some real colorful stuff, you know. I'll, I'll make it more church friendly. They'll say, man, I hate his tail. Man, I hate, I hate her hair. I just, man, I, and I've had people, I, I've asked them over the years, say, well, what's your problem with them? I don't know, I just hate them. You don't even know why you hate them. No, I just can't stand them. I don't like the way they look. That's a spirit of hatred. That is a spirit of hatred. And here's the thing about Jesus. Here's the thing about Jesus. Is he lived to obey. Let me put this up there. You need to do this. These are Jesus' habits. This is what he did, and this is what we need to do. Live to obey the word. Live to obey the word. Jesus said, if you love me, you'll obey my commandments. If you love me, you'll obey my commandments. And guys, let me just address something. There's always excuses, aren't there? Maybe some of you have given excuses lately. I'm sure you have. Humans do that. I make up good excuses in my mind. I think they're good. Because I, I, I came up with them like, well, you know, this is why that happened. It's not really why. Many times there's a fine line between excuses and lies. You guys have seen it. There are reasons at times, but, man, sometimes we're just looking for something. We're just looking for something to say, man, i, I got to defend myself. What, you know, my mom used to call it the inner lawyer. Got to defend myself and my actions, why I'm not doing this or why I'm doing this. And, and man, that is not good. Say, well, but yeah, these are, no, no, destroy excuses. You got to live to obey the word. You got to live to obey the commandments of the Lord. You got to think the word. You got to talk it. You got to confess it. You got to discuss it and, and share it and obey it and study it, analyze it. Man, get into the Word. Stay in the Word. I'm telling you, you need this. We don't know what big thing is coming next. We don't know what big thing is coming next. Saw a meme. Was it yesterday or the day before? It's a man in 1944. Was it June 6, 1944? They stormed the beach, the beaches of Normandy. All these men, right? Under heavy artillery fire from the German army. Getting blown to pieces. You guys ever seen Saving Private Ryan? Man, they're getting on the beach and just getting blown up. And full force frontal attack on the beach, man, the coastline there. And there were a lot of people killed those days when they were storming the beaches of Normandy to attack the Nazi army and overthrow the reign of terror in Europe. 
and you had men 50, 60, 70 years later scared to leave their home because of COVID and a 99.9% survival rate. It sounds like excuses to me. It sounds like excuses to me when people find a reason to not go to church, but they can find a reason to go to Walmart. You can say, man, or I don't know. I don't know. That, did I catch y'all off guard? Really? Really, man? Let's think about it. Let's talk about it. I remember Dad started to prophesy in August of 2019. said, something big's coming. You, we got to be ready. And, you know, there were those with the attitude of, yeah, you know, okay. God had spoken to Dad. He was in Roswell, said, the Lord told him, a lot of these churches are going to close and never reopen. Dad said, what? What does that mean? It happened. A lot of churches closed and never reopened. Some are still closing due to the effects of what COVID did. It wrecked church membership in many places. And I'm going to tell you right now, excuses need to go out the door. They need to be thrown out the window. Don't live a life of excuses. Live a life of Jesus habits. Are you with me? Live a life of Jesus habits. You guys know me, man. I'm pretty laid back about stuff, and I give people chances, man. I love folks, and I go with it, and I talk to them, but I love them, and I'm, I'm merciful in so many ways. But, man, after a while, let's be honest, there has to be a time where you say, I will serve God or I will not. The old song says, I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. Which is it, right? Scripture says, choose this day whom you will serve. And if you're going to serve God, you've got to live to obey the word. Are you with me? Say, why is Pastor Matt all up in my grill today? Because I will stand before God one day without mom and dad, without you. God, I got a bunch of witnesses as to why I did not obey the word. I mean, look, these are church members. Uh -uh, it's going to be me and God. And he'll say, you did this right, you did this right, but what about this? Say, I didn't obey you in that area. Hmm. There'll be no more excuses. We might as well get into the habit now. Let's go to John 638. I love this. John 638. Check this out. Love what Jesus said. He said, for I have come down from heaven to do the will of God who sent me, not to do my own will. Most of us, we, <laughs> boy, we have a will, don't we? Would anybody in this house consider themselves stubborn? Raise your hand. I think I was more stubborn growing up. Maybe just to be honorary or just to be contrary. My wife told someone the other day, no, Matt's not very stubborn. I'm like, oh, praise God. Well, that, I guess that's a compliment. Because there's been a few times she says, no, you're just being contrary. Like, you don't even care that much, but you're just trying to be contrary. I don't know. But I do know this. Don't be stubborn about your will if it's contrary to God's will. Don't be stubborn about the things you want to do if it's contrary to what God is calling you to do. We need to look at this. Look on, look on the screen here. Stay in God's will. This is tied to obeying his commandments. But there are those who will outwardly tell you, no, I'm not. I'm not in, living in sin. I'm not doing all this. But then they're not completely in God's will. made a joke with someone today. said, man, during COVID, folks were wanting to move to Texas. We felt so restricted in New Mexico. I remember I was talking to my wife and talking to dad during COVID. And other people said, man, we may just have to move to Seminole. We'll just come back and forth to church over here. But, or just take the whole church with us to Texas. Let's get out of here. They were telling us we had to go for jogs with a mask on and all kinds of stuff. Meet in the park with masks on. That makes sense. 
But can you imagine I just jump up and move and uh, Lubbock's appealing. Say, oh, yeah, they got all kinds of shopping in Lubbock. I may not be called to live in Lubbock, which obviously I'm not. I'm still here. I believe it's God's will that we be here and be a light out here in the desert, in the wilderness. Got to stay in God's will. You'll just jump up and do stuff. We've seen people over the years, you can talk to my dad about it, for a 2 or $3 an hour raise, jump up one day and, and move to Colorado, hundreds of miles away, for a little raise. I've heard stories and I've seen it where people were at church, the kids were grounded and rooted in youth. Man, they were, they were serving God, everybody was doing great. A job came up, they didn't pray about it, they left, and then they went somewhere else and then they lost the kids. The kids got hooked on drugs and everything else. Getting out of God's will. It's like me trying to plant an orange tree here in town. And yes, I tried that when I was a kid. I, it, hadn't, it hadn't dawned on me yet. I was pretty young, but I thought, man, what if I plant some orange? I was looking at an orange one day. I go, this thing's full of seeds. I'm going to plant. We're going to have an orange tree in the backyard. Not in Hobbs, New Mexico. You're not outside. I'm sure you can grow it in a greenhouse or something, the right temperatures. But, uh-uh. You're going to flourish where you're planted, where you're called to be, and you've got to stay in God's will. So I'll just go jump up and get rooted wherever. No, you're not called to do that. Let's go to Luke 22, 42. Luke 22, 42. You've got to stay in God's will so you can flourish. There's a lot of trees that will grow well in Hobbs, but not every kind of tree. And there's trees that will grow here that won't grow in other places. Father, if you're willing, Jesus said, please take this cup of suffering away from me. And he's about to get beaten and whipped and torn to shreds. He was about to die on the cross for our sin. And he said, yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Remember the Lord's Prayer? He said, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We pass right over that sometimes. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's, those are powerful words. Let's go to Hebrews 10.36. Patient endurance is what you need now so that you will continue mm, to do God's will. You ever felt like giving up? Sure. There's some of you in here that felt like giving up this week. Say, man, I cannot go one more day like this. Uh-uh. You need patient endurance so that you will continue to do, do God's will. Then you'll receive all that he has promised. When you stay in God's will, you receive everything that he has promised. You know, just a lot of people don't stay in God's will. I knew a guy here years ago. One of my little disciples, man, loved the guy. I don't even know if disciple's the right word for him. Years ago, he doesn't come here anymore. But, man, I couldn't get that guy to stay consistent for more than three to six months. I just After a while, I just said, man, it is what it is. I was frustrated because he told me, man, I want you to mentor me. I want to do this and that. I'm going to, look, let me just say this. large part of staying in God's will is being mentored by someone and actually doing what they say. doesn't mean control. But people, you ask someone for help, that means you should probably listen to their advice if it, listen, it lines up with God's word. Are you with me? Had people struggling, all kinds of stuff. Say, what do I do? I said, show up every time the doors are open at church, serve, and get in the word and stay in the word. And I've seen folks struggle and struggle and blame and make excuses, and they haven't done any of that. None of it. That's not, that's not my fault. That's between them and God. They needed patient endurance so that they will continue to do God's will. And then they would receive all that he has promised. I'm going to tell you right now, some of the great ingredients for you walking in good habits and being blessed is to serve 
somewhere here in the local church to serve, to stay in the word, really, serve and stay in the word. Man, that, that about wraps it all up. If you just stay in those things, man, because if you're in the word, you're going to want to obey God and stay in his will. I've had folks say, you know what? It's not my calling to do that. They, they didn't really want to help. They wanted to maybe grab a microphone. Or, I don't know why people would want a microphone because their life is under a microscope once they get a, mic- a microphone. Everybody's checking you out. See if you're really living right, man. You don't, I'm telling you I ran from this because I knew the seriousness of it. That's not an excuse. But I was raised in a pastor's home. You live in a glass house. Everybody's checking you out. But this is God's will for me. But let me tell you this. We are all called. It's God's will for all of us to serve. It's God's will for all folks to serve and to stay in his word. All right. Let's go to Luke 5.16. Luke 5.16. Look at this. But Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. What's in the wilderness, anybody? Trick question. Starts with an N. What's in the wilderness? Big zero. You say, we don't live in the wilderness, really. Drive 10 miles out of town, there's nothing out there. Some oil field guys on the rigs and stuff. But really, before that, there was nothing out here. Did you know back in the day, there were Native Americans living in the region, and they kept the water a secret. Spaniards and other folks came through here and they couldn't find water and the Native Americans didn't tell them how to find it. It was a secret. They they thought there was nothing out here. The Spaniards called this area the Staked Plain. There weren't even any trees. You didn't know where you were in the wilderness. There's nothing out there but solitude. Somebody say that word, solitude. Mm -hmm. Some of us are not very good at that, but I've learned to love it and treasure it. Times alone with God. Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. Let's put that up there. Spend time alone with God. Jesus was a beautiful example of this. There's times you just got to spend time alone with God. Every day you got to be alone at some point. One, one gentleman years ago, Jonathan showed me this. They call it sharpening the sword. Is getting yourself ready for the next thing and the next level is you sharpen the sword of your life and your mind by disconnecting from stuff. Man, it's hard to disconnect now, huh? Even when you're alone, you're getting a Facebook notification. Or Words with Friends is telling you you need to play a word. Or whatever it is you do, Candy Crush. I had a relative years ago, man, it was, I don't know if it was on auto-invite. It was inviting everybody constantly to play Candy Crush. My wife says, do you get these invites? I was like, I I have one friend on Facebook, baby. It's you. I don't get invites for anything. I'm on Facebook for the garage sales, los garajes. Right? That's it. I, I don't care much about Facebook. I, I check out some of the live stream after the fact to see how things went sometimes on here, but I, 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 I don't mess with it much. But you've got to get to the place where you spend time alone with God. You do. You need it. Off your phone. Put everything away and be alone with him. Let's go to Mark 135. Mark 135. Look at this. Before daybreak the next morning, Jesus got up and went out to an isolated place to pray. Now, I know everybody around here knows oil field. Whether you're in the oil field directly or not, it affects us. We all work in the oil field, really. 
It just, I mean, in some way, we're affected by the oil economy here. And even guys in the oil field, though, they've got to find time to get out and be alone. You say, man, I'm out there on site with some crazy dudes. Find time to be isolated. There's times where you're in your truck or whatever and just get away from everybody, put on worship music, be alone with God. You've got to find time to spend time alone with God. Why? To sharpen the sword, to hear his voice, to get your mind straight. Did you know the world is full of distractions? Full of distractions. And it's all screaming, begging for attention. Everything, huh? Look at me, look at me, look at me. My sweet wife says this, you know, she's trying to get work done, and I come in there talking to her, and she says, baby, she's said this for 17 years now. She says, baby, you are a beautiful distraction. Would you please leave now? I got to get some stuff done. She's like, unless we're working together on something, man, she's like, I'm distracted. I'm, I'm talking to you. I'm, we're, we're, we're all distracted. I said, well, thank you. That's sweet. Bye. Bye. Got to go. Okay. She's like, go, go, go. I got to get some stuff done. There's all kinds of different forms of distractions. Man, I'm telling you, and the worst one now has to be your phone. It has to be. I wish phones were dumb again. I really do. Because now we're hooked on them. You say, well, I didn't need it before, but now I need to check my app for my credit card. I need to check my banking app. I need to check my fitness app. I need to check my hair app. Do you all have hair apps? My shaving app. There's an app for everything, and if there's not, the folks think there should be. Did you know the guys who created notifications and different special things for smartphones, and they were into that technology and the algorithms, the formulas to get people to look at their phones and pick them up all day long? They don't even allow their kids to have smartphones because they're so addictive and they're so distracting. You've got to get to the place where you spend time alone with God. I'm not always the best at it either, but there's times where I'm, I'm seeking God, and I'll just tell my wife on a Saturday or whenever, I'll say, I, w- I, won't, I won't be on my phone for the next hour. I say, man, that's not much. Yeah, but when you're looking at it every few minutes, it's, it's a lot, isn't it? I say, man, put that thing away. The president's calling. No, he's not. He's not calling for a lot of reasons. He's not calling you. I won't get into all of it. But it says, before daybreak the next morning, Jesus got up and went out to an isolated place to pray. you got to get alone with God. This is what Jesus did. I'm giving you all of these statements that we're putting up here on the screens. Would you put that up again? Spend time alone with God because it's what Jesus did. These are Jesus' habits. He did so many more, but we're just going to go over four of them today. Now, the fourth one is, let's put that up is focus on your mission. Let me tell you what your mission in life is without knowing all the details, because there's certain intricacies and certain specifics that I can't tell you or I don't know. But you are called to serve God, Scripture says, right? You've seen at the, the end of the book of Ecclesiastes after Solomon was negative, and I know God uses that book, but... Ecclesiastes, he's talking about everything's vain and everything's empty and everything is wind and vanity of vanities. He gets to the point at the end of the book, he says, you know, our whole focus in life, our whole mission in life, uh, the, the whole purpose of humans in life is to serve God and fear him. That's your mission. And if you serve God, then people become your mission. You know, people matter. We may do some more Jesus habits next week. We'll see how how God leads me. But Jesus had a deep, 
deep compassion for people. Scripture says he looked and he saw the people and they were scattered like sheep without a shepherd and he had great compassion on them. And it would say that he had great, he was moved with compassion so he healed them. Not just feeling sorry for people, but actually doing something about it, reaching out to them. And you're called to do that. I know a lot of you do that already. You say, man, I've been inviting people to church. I've been praying for them. Man, I've, told, I've shared my faith. You've got to focus on your mission. Let's go to John chapter 6, verse 14. John 6, 14. When the people saw him, they saw Jesus do this miraculous sign. He'd just done a miracle. They exclaimed, surely he is the prophet we have been expecting. When Jesus saw that they were ready to force him to be their king, that would be tempting for someone in a human body, right? They're going to force me to be king? Oh, geez, guys, I don't really want to, but okay. I'll be your king. Okay. How much does it pay? You know, I'll be your king. Okay, do I get a castle? Do I get a palace? No, uh uh. It could have been one of the temptations, but he just, <clears throat> he blew right past that. Jesus saw that they were ready to force him to be their king. He slipped away into the hills by himself. Once again, he went to isolation, but he focused on his mission. His mission wasn't to be the physical king at that time. One day, according to scripture, he will be the king of all the earth. But that wasn't it yet. He will be king of all kings. He will, man, he will be a physical king in Israel one day, but not right now. He'll be sitting on the throne. He saw that they were trying to force him to be their king. He slipped away into the hills by himself. What does the next verse say? I think that's it. That's verse 15. So he focused on his mission. Yeah. He didn't get distracted by, oh, wait, there's what? I don't know who I'm talking to today on the live stream or in this house, but just because the job pays more doesn't mean it's your calling or God's will or your mission. Trust me. I think women are wise about this. There's, there's been some studies done about wisdom. And did you know that women will take less pay? And, and I know there's a whole debate about that. Oh, women are paid less than men. I'm not going to get into all that right now. We can debate that later or discuss it or cry about it or be mad or whatever or talk about statistics. Here's what I'm saying. is statistics and studies show, <clears throat> and I think there's a, an element of wisdom here, that women will take a job with less pay and keep it and be faithful to it as long as they're treated right. They will. Say, so why aren't there more women working in the oil field? They can't handle it. Oh, women can handle most things. I can do more push-ups than most women, but there's probably women out there that can do more push-ups than me. There, men are physically stronger than women, but man, I think so many other ways, women are so, so, so strong. The things they do, raising kids on their own. Men, women are amazing. But I will say this. Can you imagine? That's a, that's a pretty powerful statistic. And some of the women in here nodded their heads. They'll go to a place and take less pay just because they're treated right or they fit in better. Or they feel it's God's will. You know how women are. A lot of women, they're in touch with God, man. They hear God. They want, they want Him to be their Father. So they, they know that they got to focus on their mission. Come on, let me stretch it out here. Women are very mission-oriented. I know some men are too. But I love this about women. They're very, very mission-oriented with their families. And many times with God. So you got to focus on your mission. Let's go to John 18, 36. Jesus answered, look at this, it's focusing on the mission. Someone say focus. My kingdom is not an earthly kingdom. If it were, he knew exactly what he was here 
supposed to, what he was here for, what he was supposed to do. If it were, my followers would fight to keep me from being handed over to the Jewish leaders. But my kingdom is not of this world. Hmm. Pilate said, so you were a king? Jesus responded, you say I am a king. Actually, I was born and came into the world to what? Testify to the truth. All who love the truth recognize that what I say is true. He knew why he was here. He came into the world to testify to the truth, and he did just that perfectly. He always focused on the mission. What is your mission? Yes, it's to serve God, love God, and love others. That's your mission. But there are so many different specifics. There's so much in there. Dear brothers and sisters, this morning, before we close for the altar call and for prayer, let me say this. You are called to find your purpose and mission in God. No excuses. That's what you're called to do. You've been a Christian for any amount of time? There's no excuses. You've got to get into the Word and prayer so that you can say, man, this is what God is calling me to do. This is what God has called me to do. I know this is my mission. How, how, how do I find out about my mission and how do I fall into Jesus' habits? Basics. Basics. Seek God and place Him as number one. Be connected at a local church. And when you're connected at a local church and really connected, you're going to serve somehow. You say, man, is this, what is this? Are, are, you, are, you, uh, are you doing a bit to promote serving today? Is that just all it really is? Well, no, but because this church, a high percentage of you already serve. I think in the English ministry alone, it's 60 to 70 percent of the people serve doing something. And that is incredible. I mean, you got a service like this, 100 people in here. That means 70 people are actively serving somehow or available for special events or whatever. But you've got to actively serve God by doing something in your local church where you're planted. Because people say this, no, I'll, I'll serve God. I'll have Jesus' habits at home. It's hard to serve God from home. Dad has said over the years, no, you don't serve God just staying at home and not going to church and being connected. So you've got to actively serve to, to, to fall into the Jesus habits. Let's review, please. Let's review these points. Number one, Jesus, here's what he did, and here's what I'm saying to you, and this is to me as well. Live to obey the word, his commandments. Number two, stay in God's will. You say, man, I feel like something's off. You could be out of God's will. Talk to a mentor. Talk to a pastor. Talk to your small group leader. Pray about it. Most of all, pray about it and get in God's word because his word will always point to his will. Stay in God's will. All the answers are in the Word. Number three, spend time alone with God. You say, man, it's been hectic. The only time I'm alone is in my vehicle driving 20 minutes to work or whatever. That's great. Do it there. Don't spend that whole time talking on the phone. Take some alone time with God. Spend time. Or just listening to KZOR. Does KZOR still exist? 94.1? I remember when I was a teenager, they played the same music over and over again. I said, what is going on here? I asked someone. I said, why do y'all? I asked one of the DJs. I said, y'all play a lot of the same music. He said, yeah, it's the top 40. I said, it feels like the top five all day long, every day. I didn't tell him that, but I thought that. Don't be distracted by that. You need to spend time alone with God with those same five songs playing all day. It's better to just spend time alone with God. And number four, focus on your mission. You can always ask me or Pastor Jen or one of the leaders in the church or Pastor Fabian, Pastor John, anybody, a department head, anybody, say, man, how can I serve here? We'll plug you in. There's always something to do here, always, because we love God and we love people, and people feel our love here. People feel your love here. So I'm praying that you really fall into 
get into, jump into, dive into, like they say, Jesus habits, because that's where it's at. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes today. Is there anyone at the sound of my voice that says, Pastor, Pastor Matt, that's great, but I don't feel close to God because I've never accepted Jesus. So I need to begin obeying his commandments by accepting him because I don't know if I die today, I don't know if I'm going to heaven or hell. Did you just say that in church? Yes, because Jesus talked about hell much more than he did heaven. Must be important to know about it and avoid it and stay out of it. Is there anyone in this house at the sound of my voice that would say, Pastor Matt, I need to accept Jesus. I need to make him the Lord of my life. I need to do it today, right now. If that's you, raise a hand, and I'm going to pray with you. If that's you, raise a hand. Say, I want to be right with God. I don't know where my standing is with God. You've never done it before. Raise your hand, and we'll pray. God bless you for your courage. Thank you for your courage. Appreciate y'all. Let's pray together as a family. I want everyone to pray this prayer out loud, including those that raise their hands. Say, Heavenly Father, apart from you, I can do nothing. I need you, Lord. Forgive me. Cleanse me. Change me. I'm so sorry for my sins. I need a Savior. I need salvation from my sin. Cleanse me and forgive me. And say, now I confess that Jesus is my Lord. Not just Savior. He's my Lord. I will put Him first. Say, I believe that Jesus died and rose again to save me and forgive me from sin. Thank you, Lord, for hearing me. Thank you for saving me from hell, from myself. Thank you for saving me from sin and delivering me from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of your dear Son. I believe in Jesus' name. All over this house, would you stand to your feet? I just want to pray for you. I'm not going to call you to the front today. You can look at me. I want to say this before we begin to wrap up this service. God has a miracle for you. There's a miracle for your life. There's a miracle for your life. You've heard songs. You've, you've heard people say the healer is in the house. Well, there is the miracle worker. He is in the house today. I can't do it for you, but he can. So you need a miracle from God. Go ahead and close your eyes. Let's everybody in the house close their eyes and bow their heads again. If you need a miracle from God today, raise your hand. I'm going to pray with you. In your body, in your finances, in your relationships, in any area, he is here to save and heal and deliver and provide He's doing it right now. Father, we believe, we agree right now. I thank you because you are responding to our petitions, our cries for help. Scripture says if we pray in Jesus' name according to your will and your word, you hear us. We thank you for hearing us today, and we give you the glory. And we believe, Father, whatever the miracle is, whatever we need, wherever we need it, it's done right now. And we believe, and we agree. And we call it done. Everybody in the house say, it is done. In Jesus' name. 